Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Pastor Gerald Brooks. Thank you for taking a minute to uh, join me for another podcast. As always, I'm so grateful for each one of you that listen to the podcast, that tell others about the podcast. It has become an amazing tool, not only in uh, my area, but across the world. I'm forever thankful for the reach that it's having. That being said, right now I'm doing this podcast from Toronto, Canada. Tomorrow I'll be doing an event with a group of pastors. And by chance you get this and uh, you're in Toronto, hey, come out and join us tomorrow. And that information is on my webpage. Also next week I'll be in California doing another event with leaders. And uh, that's also on my webpage, so you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and look at that. Hey, uh, today I want to talk to you about five attitude which kills leadership. Five attitudes which kills leaderships. Uh, today's message isn't complex. It's not one of those that uh, has a whole lot of layers to it. In fact, it's a little bit in-your-face kind of message because it's the uh, kind of moments that every leader faces. And if they're not careful, these moments get the best of us. And if they get the best of us, we end up uh, losing our leadership uh, momentum and are ineffective in leading the people that uh, we've been called to lead. In fact, uh, these five areas that really do create problems for leaders, um, they're well known. They're the kind of thing that whether you've articulated them into a group of five, you already know these five and uh, you deal with these five. And you may deal with four of them at a high level and you just will listen to this podcast and say, uh, no big deal. But it's that one, whichever one it is, that's the big deal. That's the one that can rob you in your leadership uh, journey of being able to effectively uh, make an impact and make a difference. So let's just dive into it. Uh, five attitudes that kill leadership. The first one is anger, the quick fuse. Anger, the quick fuse. You know how it is that that fuse that it doesn't take a whole lot of time before all of a sudden you're feeling it and it's just sort of burning inside you and you're thinking, how did this happen so quickly? Well, in the Bible, we have an example of that and that is Moses. Uh, Moses was a really profound leader and very effective leader except his one deficit came down to an anger issue. That was going to be the issue that really, really got the best of him. He's going to lead nearly 4 million people based on what history tells us. He's going to lead them for 40 years. But that in and of itself tells you a little bit about anger, the quick fuse. Prolonged exposure to people is hazardous to our health. See, when leaders are around people and they don't get breaks and they don't maintain perspective, sometimes we can get a little bit frustrated. Things begin to get under our skin. Things that don't bother us begin to bother us. Things that are non-issues become issues. And that's what's going to happen to Moses. Moses is going to be an individual who is going to react to the needs of people. Uh, they're out in the middle of a wilderness. 
And while they're out there, they're just totally uh, left to their own means. So they come to him and they said, we have nothing to eat. He goes to God and God provides manna. They then say, we don't like the manna. They're never totally satisfied. So there's quail. Uh, they go through and uh, it's cold. So God gives them fire by night. Uh, and then during the day, it's hot. So God gives them a cloud. It seems like every bit of provision that they would need has been taken care of. But they keep complaining. And see, that's the thing about leadership. You become the, uh, the source of where all problems are set to. And so Moses is going to get problems. He's going to handle it. He's going to handle it. He's going to handle it. And then one day it gets the best of him. And he takes his rod and he strikes a rock. But he didn't strike this rock one time. This was the second time. And in the Old Testament, that rock is a representation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus only was smitten one time. That was at the cross. He doesn't get to be smitten again. And as a result of that, Moses' anger is going to be the reason he will not go into the promised land. See, here's the thing about anger. It causes us to say something that we don't want to say. It causes us to feel something that we don't want to feel. And it causes us to do something that we don't want to do. That's what anger is. Anger is an emotion, an attitude that forces action. That's why it has to be dealt with and it has to be dealt with decisively. So Paul, in writing to the people at Ephesians, what does he do? He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. What is he saying? If you think time's going to take care of this, I've got news for you. If you don't deal with this decisively right now, this is going to get the best of you. The idea that time heals all, that may be in some areas, but it's not true when it comes to anger. Why? Because anger builds. It's, it's like that kettle on top of a stove. If you keep the heat under it, it's going to keep boiling. And that's what anger is. It's the quick fuse. And so every leader has moments where they are tempted to feel angry. And anger is one of those uh, attitudes that it has to be dealt with or it will blow up our leadership journey. The next uh, attitude is pride. Look at me. And the example in the Bible is in the Old Testament, and it would be King Saul. See, King Saul was an individual who fell subject to the issue of pride. And pride always says, look at me. Pride always says, I want to be seen. See, what pride does is it craves being the center of attention. It craves being recognized it craves being looked at. It craves being seen. It loves having its name uh, put in print. It loves having its name spoken. Pride craves the center of attention. But here's the problem with pride. If you're the center of attention, then God's not. And that's why John gave us the interesting paradox of leadership. The better leaders we are, we decrease that he might increase. So if you're an effective leader, people are talking more about God than they're talking about you. If you're an effective leader, people are noticing God more than they notice you. 
So you crave being the center of attention. That's what pride does. It says, well, I did this. They should have recognized me. It says, well, I wish that they would have noticed who I am. But the thing that goes on is just a simple analogy. And the analogy is, is that uh, pride can get the best of us. What pride does is it makes us the exception to the rule. The rules don't apply to us. We're not subject to the rules. The rules get to be ignored by us. And then pride always tells us that we deserve more than anyone else. It's because of what we did. It's because of how we did it. It's because of when we did it that we are in this position today. So you have anger, it's the quick fuse, but you have the pride that says, look at me. And what we know in the Old Testament is that Saul was great as long as he was small in his own eyes. See, most people, it's not that they don't focus on God, it's that when we take ourselves more seriously, we take God less seriously. And so pride. The third attitude that can kill leadership is impatience, where you're always in a hurry. And the example in the Old Testament would be Samson. Samson was one of those individuals that literally uh, was in a hurry. And hurry is one of those things that, that causes immense damage in the leadership. And what it does is that hurry causes you to overlook what's really important. So when it came to finding a wife, he was in a hurry. He told his dad, get this woman for me. Well, is that so inappropriate today in our society? And it should have been in theirs. But in this particular story, he was just in a hurry. Go get her for me. Well, it ignored everything that was important, her spiritual relationship, her spiritual values, her spiritual context. And because it ignored all of that, uh, he's going to get himself in, in trouble. See, impatience will cause you to cut corners and you cut corners that you shouldn't cut. In fact, to be honest, most corners should never be cut. Being able to square the corner, that's what they teach you in military school. When you're walking the hallway, you square the corner. Why is that? Being in a hurry usually will cause you to run into something or to run into someone. So you are taught to square the corner off. And what impatience does is that you don't take time to listen. You just don't take time to to listen and, and gather information, process information, take the time to pray. As I tell people, uh, we may be in a hurry, but usually God is not. Uh, there's really not many verses in the Bible that we're told, hurry up. We're given a lot of verses where it says, be still and know that I am Lord, that I am God. And so God's not the individual who is just pushing the speed button and saying, hey, what we know is in our society, speed is, is a value. 
And so uh, people become impatient in an elevator after about 30 seconds is what science tells us, 30 seconds. And at that place, we distort time. And so if someone comes up after 30 seconds and asks us how long we've been at the elevator, we'll say, oh, we've been here a couple of minutes and it's been 30 seconds. See, that's what impatience does. It causes you to miscalculate time. It causes you to distort what's going on. See, when you're in a hurry, that may mean that you're the first at the crash site. If you're the first at the crash site, that means that probably you're involved in the crash. And that's one thing that a leader needs to avoid. In leadership, it's always easier uh, to catch up than to make up. And so when you do something hastily, you get yourself in a profound circumstance. So three attitudes. We have the attitude of anger. It's the quick fuse. Things get the best of us. We have the attitude of pride. Look at me. I need to get the credit. I need to be recognized. We have the attitude of impatience. Always in a hurry. We're willing to cut corners, whatever they are, however they look. The next attitude, fear. I struggle with my faith. See, that's what fear is. Fear is a struggle of faith. But let me just uh, put that in context. God knew at times we would struggle with our faith. So that's why in the Bible, we're told repeatedly, fear not. Why God knew that sometimes when circumstances are big and bad and they come our way, that there will be uh, a sense of being overwhelmed and that the problem's too big for us and that we cannot manage it. And so Fear causes us to struggle. It causes us to be in a circumstance where we just struggle uh, to believe. In the New Testament, we're given an example of this. It's Timothy. So Paul uh, writes to Timothy and he says, uh, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What is he saying? He's saying that natural instinct to be overwhelmed by the moment. That didn't come from God. Now, you may feel it, but that doesn't mean you have to react to it. So you see in the Old Testament, when Jehoshaphat, the king, heard that five armies were coming against him, it says when he heard, he was afraid. But then it goes on and it says, but he stood in the midst of the people. As a leader, your first reaction doesn't have to be your last reaction. So just because fear presents itself, doesn't mean that fear has to reign in you and over you. And so many times in leadership, uh, fear shows up as insecurity. And so it's the insecurity. And our insecurity starts to show. And that insecurity really, really gets the best of us. I think, I'm not sure I'm getting the text right, but I think it's in Acts 26 and verse 17 in the King James Bible uh, God tells Paul, uh, I'm sending you to the people who I'm delivering you from. What an interesting paradox. What he was saying is you can't minister to people until you've been delivered from them. If if you're fearful of, of their opinion, that could get the best of you. So 
And in fear, you get trapped by the what if. Well, if I do this, well, what if this happens? Well, if I do this, then what if this happens? Well, I could do this, but what if this happens? And you become paralyzed by it. And it's the what if game. It's the what if. It's the what if. And see, in life, there are what ifs, and you have no guarantee. If you wait till you have all the facts, you don't have faith, you have history. And so it's not an issue of having all the facts. In fact, they say that uh, in corporate leadership, most leaders will make a decision based on anywhere between 60 and 70% of the information that they have. 60 to 70%. So what that means is they don't have all the facts. They don't have all the answers. But they've honed themselves to make decisions when they get enough information to choose a direction. Why? Because when you become fearful, the organization becomes paralyzed. There's too many people that are waiting around saying, well, what do I do? What should I do? How should I do it? And they're waiting on you. And so when the leader becomes uh, fearful, the organization becomes paralyzed. Hesitancy prevents others from following. And so there's an entire group of people that want to do something, that want to follow, but they can't follow until you are decisive. And that's what fear takes away from you. So what did Paul say to Timothy? He said, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He says that that fear uh, translates into your soul. It translates into your physical behaviors. And it says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So in the midst of, of leading, there are going to be times when your first instinct is to cower. But God says, I need you to stand. I need you to stand knowing that I'm with you and I never leave you and I never forsake you. So that's, that's the first four. There's the issue of anger. It's the fuse. Pride. It's sort of the mirror. Look at me. Impatience. You're always in a hurry. And fear. You struggle with insecurities. You struggle to believe. The last one is acceptance. And acceptance says, I want to be liked by you. I want to be liked by you. Now, here's the thing. No leader walks into the room wanting to be disliked. But on the other hand, a leader cannot walk into the room and wait until he is liked. Jesus put it this way. Woe when all men speak good of you. And as the old uh, spiritual goes, when Jesus says woe, he means woe. And so it's one of those statements of saying, if you're waiting for everyone to say something good about you, you're probably going to have to put life on hold. You're probably going to have to take a back seat because it's just not going to work. And so as a leader, having the acceptance of the people can put you in a position that leadership becomes uh, impossible. Now, an example of that amazingly is a man named Peter. Uh, because throughout Peter's ministry, you see his up and down times. Those are well documented in the Gospels. But you also see 
that there are times in the epistles that he had ups and down times. One of those was where Paul confronted him in the book of Galatians. And he challenged him because he, Peter, would only eat with the Jewish believers and was neglecting uh, the Gentile believers. And of all people, for Peter to do that, because Peter was the individual God gave the vision to our and showed him to go to Cornelius's house, who was a Gentile. He was the catalyst for Gentiles coming into the church. But there came a time when he sort of secluded himself just among Jewish uh, believers. Why is that? Because he wanted their approval. See, when acceptance is a part of the equation and you're wanting to be liked, we will vacillate depending on the crowd. So when the crowd changes, we change. And one of the things that makes a leader a leader is the consistency of always being in a position of being the same. But when the crowd changes and you start vacillating, people aren't sure what they're getting. And then not only does acceptance cause us to vacillate based on the crowd, uh, but it begins to skew the perspective that we possess by the room that we're in. So when we're in a room over here with these people, our perspective's this, because that's what those people want. But when we're in a different room, our perspective changes because this is what these people want. And so what I want to say to you is this, is that uh, perspective gets skewed because acceptance is what we want. And then vacillating, depending on the crowd, perspective being skewed by the room that you're in, what that does is it creates compromise. And so you compromise to the crowd rather than representing God. All five of these are things that uh, leaders will experience. The uncontrollable burst of anger that can totally cause you to lose all street cred. The pride where it becomes all about you instead of God. The impatience where you're in a hurry and you overlook the obvious. The fear that thinks, man, I can't do this. I can't achieve this. And you get trapped by the what ifs and acceptance where the crowd and what they say means more to you than what God says. These are five attitudes, if they go unchecked, that will kill leadership. So today, maybe you can get out uh, whatever your form of journal is, whether it's an iPad, whether it's your computer, whether it's the old school, just a uh, little kind of journal. And you just literally sit there and you go through these and say, when did I let anger get the best of me? What should my response been? When did I let pride, wanting to get the credit, get the best of me? And maybe you go down and you prioritize these and you mark the ones that you're most prone to and the ones that you've uh, many times have done the worst with. And you begin to look there and you begin to say, hey, these are the kind of things that I have to avoid. Well, I just want to say to you, thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast. If you'll do me a favor, uh, if you'll let people in any nation that you have friends in know about this, if you'll let other leaders know about this, 
I think it'll help them. But we have so many resources and meetings up and coming. Go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. Take a peek at those. I think they'll help you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.